so buddy, now that we watched uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, who was your favorite Ghostbuster? Man, I've already got my pick. This is easy. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, good. I, I think, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I know who it is, but go ahead, go ahead. Who is it? Who is it? My favorite Ghostbuster. Yeah, yeah. Is podcast. Are you saying that because you're on a podcast? No, like he's You're just saying it because you're no, a no, podcast. He's, he's, host. A, he's a person. His real name is probably like Bob. <laughs> no, he, he. Let's just get into uh, this okay. episode. Okay. Geekology 101. My name is Joshua. And my name is Bob. No, no. We, Sorry, my name is Podcast. Thank you. Wait, no. I'm going to change, I'm no, gonna change my name to Podcast. That's not it either. That's that's possible now. That's not it either. That's possible. Hey, we have more than one subscriber too, so we already beat Podcast at the podcast. I mean, game. I guess. How crazy is that? We beat Podcast at Podcast. And my name is Diego, and today we are going to be talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife and whatever we would love to see in the Ghostbusters future. Um, but before we get into our review of the film, we are going to uh, chat a little bit about some news. We got some news, man. News and reviews. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, come on. It's a classic. All right, buddy. So uh, you uh, you know how Vin Diesel and The Rock, it caught a little bit of beef over in the uh, last main Fast and Furious franchise movie that The Rock was in? Yeah, they had a good barbecue. Yeah. Uh, what? They had a good barbecue. They, it they seems like they always beef. finish off with barbecues. <laughs> because, yeah. Because family. <laughs> um, so The Rock uh, pretty much said that he, based on the bad experience that he had filming with Vin Diesel, he didn't want to go back to filming any other movie with Vin Diesel. There can only be one bald guy in Fast and Furious. Clearly, one bald, muscular guy. Yeah. There's only room for one. And uh, so The Rock, you know, has not returned to the franchise ever since then for his character of Hobbs. However, he did return. Well, he did return to a main film. But he returned in Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. With yeah. Roman Reigns. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. He is in there. You are correcto. <laughs> so, yeah, he returned for that and uh, teamed up with um, John Statham. But uh, he refused to. Uh, I mean, Jason Statham. But he refused to uh, go back to the main franchise. However, we have Vin Diesel, who's like apparently desperate for him to return for the big finale of Fast 10. There's By the no... way, did you know that that was going to be the finale of that whole thing? I mean, it kind of made sense. Why? Like, <laughs> the 10th movie. It just seems like a thing to end on. The number 10? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I wonder if this makes them like the longest franchise, like the franchise with the most sequels. Okay, what else? Star Wars. Star Wars does not even have 10. It doesn't? Like 10 official main uh, movies? No. It has several spinoffs, but like oh. the main, oh, remember, yeah. it's three trilogies, basically. How many movies are in each trilogy? But no, that's fair. I, yeah, you could say that all the other movies count as a Star Wars movie, so... Okay, I guess. Wow. I mean, but that's a pretty big um, claim to have. Like, you know, we're the only other franchise that has many films of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Oh, probably Star Trek, too. Oh, yeah. Really think about it. Star Trek has more movies than, you know, yeah. something that has a lot of movies. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, um, here's what he wrote. He wrote a tweet. Uh, this was, uh, this was a, a, 
uh, let me see, when was this? I don't know. It was not too long ago. And he said, uh, my little brother, Dwayne. First of all, why do you start a tweet? If you're going to ask somebody to please come back to your movie franchise, I don't. F- I feel like you don't start it off by saying my little brother. <laughs> Unless, like, what, I have, tr- first of all, I, I have mean, trouble thinking Rock- of anyone referring to The Rock as little brother. The, if, if anything, everybody's The Rock's little brother. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Little brother, that's so weird. And to put it on 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 freaking uh, you know Twitter of all places, like forever, <laughs> the whole world to see. Anyway, my little brother Dwayne, the time has come. The world awaits the finale of Fast Ten. As you know, my children refer to you as Uncle Dwayne in my house. There is not a first of all. If I if I was that close with the Rock, I would tell you to call him Uncle Rock. <laughs> yeah. Know, or wrong, wrongle. Rock, rock. Anyway. Oh, oh, God. Okay, and then, and then he says, there is not a holiday that goes by that day you don't send well wishes, but the time has come. Legacy awaits. I told you years ago that I was going to fulfill my promise to Pablo. Who? Pablo? Who's Pablo? I feel like I, I feel like you should be reading this with an Irish accent. Why? Vin Diesel is not Irish. But I feel like it would be better if you read it with an Irish accent. You're a strange, strange child. Just read it with an Irish accent. I swore that we would reach and manifest the best fast in the finale that is 10. I say this out of love, but you must show up. Do not leave the franchise idle. You have a very important role to play. Hobbs can't be played by no other. I mean, obviously. So what is he trying to imply that, like, they would recast him if he doesn't agree? Heck no. I don't... Okay. Also, what is the movie even going to be? Because Fast 10 is not a good title. I'm pretty sure that they're pretty much going to like crack the multiversal barrier and end up like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or something. <laughs> I feel like they have nowhere else left to go. They already went into outer space in this last movie. Really? Yeah. You haven't heard of that? No. Oh, they went man. to space? They went to space, dude. Oh, anyway and then he finishes by saying i hope that you rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny you idiot he said that Bucka. no i'm kidding he didn't say that last part (laughs) not the idiot part either yeah so uh i don't know what do you what do you think about this man do you think that it's even like if you're the rock you're like the biggest action star in the whole freaking planet yeah you're you're more muscular than basically anyone yeah um, if you're The Rock, do you return to the franchise like like Fast and Furious? Which I don't know how well the last movie did. I didn't even watch the movie in theaters because I'm done with Fast and Furious. Like I am over it. <laughs> you didn't even watch it. No. Actually, I think I gave you the option, didn't I? Didn't I ask you if you wanted to watch it and you said no? Like I was yeah. willing to sit in the cinema and basically surrender two hours of my life to nothingness just to please you and you said no so yeah i don't know man is it worth it the fast and furious franchise like is it is really is the finale really as important as this guy clearly feels it is because like Vin diesel his life is now the fast and furious franchise if they if they've already gone to space then clearly they're gonna they're gonna open a crack in time and create a Fortnite rift that'd be crazy if they traveled back in time (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, you know, that ludicrous character. You know, just be, you know, he's like, y'all, I discovered time travel. I'm going to get here in this Dodge Charger. <laughs> and I'm going to modify the combobular cosculator. And, and make a flex. back in time. I'm going to make a flex, a flux capacitor. Yeah. 
and pre- prevent you guys from stealing those DVDs back in the 90s. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> they were like stealing DVD players back in the 90s in the first movie. Oh. <laughs> that was Dom Toretto's whole... Uh, imagine that. they <laughs> This movie franchise began with this dude running like a criminal, little criminal business, stealing DVD players and stuff. Imagine... And um- now they're... <laughs> They're like superheroes. <laughs> I just, I don't get how the heck this movie franchise got to where it is. It, it is so it, weird. Literally, man. it started with just like street racing. <laughs> and now, yeah. and now it's like Dom Toretto. He's in a car. It's It got lit on fire by a Molotov cocktail. It's driving <laughs> up like a ramp and then it flies 50 feet into the air and crashes into the ocean. Right. And then turns into a submarine... <laughs> which in turn splashes out, becoming a rocket shooting that up shoots into space. space. And then another rocket collides with that one, creating a crack in time. And then he goes into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think we pretty much got Fast Ten figured out. Yeah. You're welcome, uh, whoever makes those horrible movies. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so yeah, I think we spent enough time on this piece of news. Let's move on. Um, multiverses. Yeah, this is basically. This is interesting. It's a poor, I... it's a poor man's. Uh... <laughs> What's it called? The Super Smash Bros. Well, it doesn't seem that bad. You don't think so? I mean, basically, there is there is a couple words that I can use to describe this. Okay, go ahead. Give me the first one. Super. Okay. Smash. Oh wow. Bros. With DC characters and other Warner Bros. characters. So shouldn't it be called like Super Smasher Bros? You're super Warner Bros. <laughs> super Warner Bros. No, you're you're weird. Ah, yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry, I botched that one. Um, but yeah, this is. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they like all have kind of like a similar cartoony look to them? Yeah. That's the kind of that's the part that I didn't necessarily like because one of the things that that is interesting about Super Smash Bros. is, is that, that they like, all look different. Well, yeah, they all look how they look, right? In the because, video games or whatever it is that they come from. For example, like Solid Snake. Yeah. He looks as realistic as he is in the game. Correct, yeah. And like Mario or Kirby mm-hmm. just like looks cartoonish. Yeah, and that's what makes it so interesting, right? Because it's like that that video game truly is like the answer to, you know, who'd win in a fight between nerds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yo, what if Solid Snake fought Super Mario, bro? <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy, dude. What if Kirby fought Sonic? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this one, it all is, is all kind of cartoonish. I don't know. I guess, I, you know, I'll give it a shot. I think it's kind of interesting, you know, to fight Scooby-Doo versus Superman. Because <laughs> everyone knows that Scooby has a real good chance. Yeah. Kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so yeah, multiverses. Are you looking forward to playing it, or are you kind of indifferent to it? I mean, is it going to come out on PlayStation 4? <laughs> uh, wasn't this one? I think this one was cross-platform, yeah. Okay. Why are you so depressed about being on the PS4, man? Enjoy it. You still have like 200 games or something to, you know, to test out. I'm depressed about being on the plate. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because we're not on PS5. No. We're all, like, sad and depressed over there. Listen, no. I don't want to have to, like, join the freaking mafia to be able to get my hands on, uh, on a PS5, man. Look, everything, all of the newer games that I, well, not all of them, but a lot of the newer games that I want, like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, mm-hmm. they're only on PlayStation 5. <sighs> we'll get there. Calm down. We will get there. 
Spider-Man joining the Marvel's Avengers game. How do you feel about that? Um, Mom, can we get Marvel Spider-Man? <laughs> Mom, we have Marvel Spider-Man at home. Marvel Spider-Man at home. <laughs> Did you just try to like explain a visual meme? Yeah. Oh, you failed. <laughs> um, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. The, yeah, I'll... Oh, whoa. Are you taking a shot at the... Yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> Hold on. I need, I need you to expand on this. Give me some thoughts on this. What's going on in your All head right, about this? All right. This game... This... I th- on it, oh, hold on. Before that... Like disclaimer, I thought you were gonna you're gonna be hyped for this because like you're the one that has been playing that game here, and you were like all excited for Black Panther and stuff showing up in the game. So I figured I'm like, oh, Josh is gonna be loving this whole Spider Man because he's so hooked on the Spider Man games. But uh, please proceed. I I saw the gameplay trailer. Yeah. And the the quality of the web swinging uh-huh. is like it's crappier than oh. your wireless router. Oh. oh. <laughs> Wait, are you hating on my wireless router? No, I was just like making a statement about like some some crappy I wireless you. router. I got you. Uh, yeah. Oh man, you know what? I actually haven't seen the gameplay trailer. I only saw the cinematic trailer. I mean that um that 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 web swinging uh-huh. makes me really really appreciate the web swinging <laughs> in Insomniac Spider Man. I mean that's a really good point though, man. Like. You know, the whole game mechanics of the Insomniac game was was built, you know, with that in mind. Mm -hmm. So, like, for you to take this environment of the Avengers game and, you know what? It's very similar to my critique of Iron Man's flight. Mm -hmm. It's very, very similar. Because I feel like uh, the whole thing with Iron Man is that they can't make him too OP. Because in Spider-Man, in the game, mm -hmm. they were, like, allowed to do that because he was the only person that you really played as. What do you but, mean? In, like, the, in the Insomniac game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. But in this game, like, he can't be oh, more overpowered mm-hmm. than the rest of the characters. True. So, so like, the swing has to be slower. He can't swing uh, um, as higher as the other buildings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of nerfed. <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of sad. Um... And the truth is, man, Spider-Man is actually one of the strongest characters. Like, as far as the Earthbound characters, mm-hmm. he's definitely one of the strongest heroes Earthbound? on Earth. Yeah, like human oh. characters, like not counting Thor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he could go toe-to-toe with Spider-Man. I, I'm sorry, with uh, Captain America. Yeah. Easily, because, I mean, he has... He could steal a shield. Huh? He could steal a shield. No, not just that, but he has the strength and agility of a super soldier. Yeah. I would argue that even more agility than a super soldier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. Man. Definitely. For sure, bro. Definitely. Yeah. Like, He's, like, so acrobatic. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, dude could, like, you know, hold up a car if he needed to. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, so, yeah, I can see why they would have to, like, in your terms, nerf him to uh, to be able to accommodate him into this game. Um, what do you think of his suit? And I know they, they, they reveal, like, several suits. Really? Uh, but what do you think about the main one from, like, the cinematic trailer? I mean, can't hate on it. It looks like Spider-Man. It does. I thought it was, yeah, it looked kind of cool. Um, so you're not hyped for it, huh? I mean, when it comes out, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. Because maybe, um, maybe I was judging it too hard by gameplay that I haven't played yet. 
Right. But I don't know. I mean, but you're right, man. It's a very good observation. Like, you know, stacking it up against Insomniac's games, whew, that's a that's a tough, tough bar to, to live up to. I mean, the swinging in that game was so smooth in the combat. Oh, it's beautiful, man. What so a great good. game. All right, on to the next piece of news. Uh, so there's a top-secret Marvel project that's going to be produced by Scarlett Johansson. So not directed, not written, not acted in, necessarily produced. Um, that means that she's going to be the one kind of like running the shots on the direction of the whole thing. Uh, and this, I imagine, must have been like the you know part of the whatever deal was made between her and Marvel and or Disney after the whole lawsuit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of surprised that she would want to like actually continue involved to that degree with yeah. uh, with a Marvel flick. Um, not necessarily mad at it. I was really curious to see like what she would be interested in in getting into, you know? Dark Avengers? You know what? Actually, now that I think about it, what if it's something like um, like an all-female team-up or something like that? Hmm. You know? Like, maybe it could be something like that. Um, I don't know. I'm just curious to know, like, what would pique her interest enough, you know, to come back in in that particular role. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Um, I'll take that as a no. Yeah. So uh, it's been a minute, but Naruto joined Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, happened like five days ago. But for anyone who didn't know, um, it's epic. <laughs> Go ahead. You're <laughs> you're the only one that's been interested in that. So yeah. So I got Naruto Kakashi and Kakashi. Um, they're dope. They look exactly like they do in the actual anime right. and all the movies. And they have some dope styles. I like Kakashi the most because, I mean, come on, he's Kakashi. He's just dope. Um, He has three styles. He has regular Ambu, which is, like, the special... Ambu is, like, spec ops in the Naruto world. And then Ambu form of him with a dope mask. Mm -hmm. And then there's Naruto and adult Naruto. And there's, like, kunai pickaxes and stuff. Um, There's some cool emotes. Mm -hmm. There's a summoning jutsu, which is a thing where you do hand signs and then you could summon a creature or a person. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, you can't do it in-game. Oh, It's just, like, a... Yeah. Um, Wait, it's what? Like, a... It's just an, so like you would uh, you would see Naruto or Kakashi mm-hmm. doing uh, a bunch of hand signs. Okay. Then you would see them slamming the floor with slamming the floor with their palm. Yeah. And then like this uh, black mark would appear. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, and there's that depressed dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his name is uh, Paku. Okay. Um. What's his deal? Why is he so sad? So he's like dangling there. <laughs> yeah, he's just dangling on the back of uh, whoever you put him onto, <laughs> and he's also cell shaded. Uh, he is. Wait, you said what? Cell shaded? Yeah. What that is? It's like um, you know the Walking Dead games. Yeah. How like they're not really. It's like how the Naruto skins look. Like they look animated. Oh, oh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they don't look like the style of Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, right. Kind of mm-hmm. like that. And gotcha. uh, he is Kakashi's, like, not necessarily his dog. I mean, he is a dog, but he just, he, he like, works for Kakashi. Interesting. And uh, then there's also Sasuke and Sakura. 
And then there's different styles for them. Do you, do you know or have you seen it? Like, there's is there any like storyline that ties them to the thing? Um, I haven't seen it. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious to see if they're gonna do anything with Matrix. Mm-hmm. What is it? What, there's something else that they were that you told me about that they're planning on doing. What was it? In Fortnite. Yeah. Spider-Man? Oh, no, no, it was the Ghostbusters thing, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, we were talking the other day, or, like, I, I brought up to you the other day, I really feel like they 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 missed an opportunity to create a legendary proton pack weapon. Mm-hmm. Like, like a mystic weapon? Yeah. A like, mi- mythic. Mythic. Mythic weapon. There you go. That could function similar to, like, that uh, alien railgun thing. Mm-hmm. The chimera gun. Oh, yeah, the ray gun. Yeah, I mean, that already looks kind of like the same uh, sort like, of laser yeah, as the proton packs. Yeah, thing. Yeah, man. That all all really you would cool. have to do is just kind of change the color of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then make it, uh, if you were wearing the Proton Pack backpack, uh-huh. you could kind of make it attached to that. Yeah. It would be kind of cool. Yeah. I, I really feel like they lost an opportunity. And why the heck didn't they release some Ghostbuster, actual Ghostbuster skins? Like, not the uh, uh, default faces with the Ghostbuster outfits, but I the classic actual characters. I mean, we've seen that they can make custom skins. Yeah. I mean, we saw... That was Aren't the Walking Dead ones custom? No. Like, that you can customize them, you mean? No, but they're like... The faces actually look like the characters. The faces look like the actors, yeah. Yeah, like Dead. that. They should have made it like that. Yeah, exactly. Not just it's... some whack default faces. Right, right. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. I, I really think that it would. I would have loved. I would have jumped all over that, man. I mean, I bought the El Chapulín Colorado skin. <laughs> the Mexican superhero. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I definitely would have gotten some uh, Ghostbuster skins. But anyway, here we are. No Ghostbuster skins and no Proton Pack mythic weapon. Whatever yeah. Fortnite. Fortnite. Uh, next piece of news. There's been some Doctor Strange 2 reshoots. Has there? Yeah. And this is interesting because it's like complete reshoots. This isn't necessarily just like, uh, you know, to add a little thing here or there, or to fix a little thing here or there. It seems like it's very complete reshoots. So, of course, you know, people's imaginations start going wild. What's going on? Could it be changing the direction of the film in some way? Could it be a reaction uh, to wherever the Spider-Man No Way Home film ended up? You know. Who knows, right? Like, mm. uh, but yeah, interesting that they're um, they're doing some reshoots for Doctor Strange to Multiverse of Madness. Uh, another piece of news: Sabine Wren has been cast in the Ahsoka Tano live action show uh, spinoff of The Mandalorian. And if you don't know who that is, colorful Mandalorian. Yeah, she was introduced in the Star Wars Rebels cartoon show, which of course is canon within the Star Wars universe. Uh, she is a young Mandalorian who refused to live up to the expectations of her clan, which was the ruling clan of Mandalore during mm-hmm. the events of uh, Rebels. Uh, she also, like, she's a dropout from the Imperial Academy. A dropout? Yeah, yeah. You can drop out? <laughs> I guess. I mean, you gotta kind of, like, run. Well, yeah, because you can volunteer. It's kind of like the army, in a way. Oh. Um, so she's a dropout from there, and and she's brilliant with explosives. And a, and a really uh, skilled graffiti artist. So she's a pyromaniac. Yeah. And she's being played by Natasha Lou Bordizo, and uh, she has been in a couple of things. Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, something, something, like a, I think like a Netflix, Netflix movie or show or something. I feel like it would be cool to customize your dope Mandalorian armor. What? That's what she does. 
Well, yeah, she does like graffiti all over her armor, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. This guy. <laughs> you know who came out with a Mandalorian army and a, I mean, armor in a music video? Who? Snoop Dogg. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so surprised. He has his new video with Ice Cube and a couple other dudes. Who the heck is Ice Cube? What? Ice Cube? I have not done my job with you, son. You mean ice, uh, vanilla ice? Yeah, no. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This guy, man. Okay. No, definitely not. No, he's like a uh, West Coast gangster rapper from back in the day. No, now he's like really chilled out and he's he went into acting and stuff. And But he still makes music. Um, anyway, so, yeah, he has a... Uh, Snoop Dogg has his new video. And in the video, they're like going around the galaxy and stuff. <laughs> and there's these like girls dressed all in the skimpy outfits and they all like represent different different alien species from like different films and things <laughs> and they're all dancing and stuff and then um and then there's a, this alien who's like a one you know like a gray the mm-hmm. aliens but he's wearing like chicano type of west coast get up <laughs> and he's all like dancing and stuff with Snoop Dogg anyway the point is Snoop Dogg is like flying this spaceship that kind of looks like like a like a 64 Impala vehicle that, that you know, rappers used to love back in the day and uh, in the West Coast, but it's like a spaceship version of it. <laughs> and he, and it's all silver, like the Mandalorian spaceship, mm-hmm. like the Razor Crest, may I rest in peace. <laughs> or in pieces, rather. <laughs> I got jokes. Um, and he's wearing a straight-up Mandalorian armor. Like, it has a little bit of purple and stuff Wait, in Snoop it. Dogg? It's customized to him. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> wow. Pretty interesting. Considering that his cousin, Sasha Banks, was in The Mandalorian, I wonder if That's he got a hookup. That's his cousin? Yeah, man. Bro, where you been? I thought I thought he was her uncle. Oh, is it uncle? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Did. Uncle. Family member. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's how he got the hookup. You know, he was like, yo, cuz, let me get that costume right there. <laughs> um, swizzle shizzle. Uh, what? So, <laughs> uh, anyway, and then uh, last piece of news, of course, huge, huge news, and everybody's talking about it, and everybody knows about it, but we haven't given our thoughts on it yet. No Way Home trailer. Um, what did you think of the No Way Home trailer, son? The second trailer, that is. You're not Peter Parker. I've seen so many memes about that one. Oh my clip. god, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how good like some of these, deep not deep fakes, but like but like they're superimposed people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen J. Jonah Jameson. I've seen the guy asking for rant. <laughs> it's so crazy, man. Uh, but yeah, right. Um, what did you think, for real? Like, did it get you more excited for the movie? Did yes. Did you feel like it delivered something more to you? Definitely the first option. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of sad about the whole Green Goblin, that it's, uh-huh. that it's the same suit. I wanted it to be Beast Goblin. <laughs> right. But I guess, I don't know, I guess. What is the thing? Is there anything that stood out to you most from that trailer? Um... Let's see. I'll tell you what stood out to me. Um, that line from Doctor Strange where he says... Scooby-Doo um, this crap? Yeah, Scooby-Doo this crap. Why did that stand out to you? Because it kind of gives me a hint of what the structure of the movie is going to be like. We know, I'm pretty sure that the whole thing of Peter Parker asking Strange to do that, uh, do that um, spell, 
that's probably going to happen pretty early on in the movie, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's living the consequence. We're probably going to get, like, a few scenes of showing, like, the consequence, the aftermath of people finding out that he's uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then pretty quickly he's going to, like, realize, like, you know, maybe I can do this with Doctor Strange's help. I'm pretty sure that after that point, Doctor Strange is, like, that's where that scene, that whole Scooby-Doo scene mm-hmm. is going to happen. Because he's basically going to tell him, like, you know, you guys, this is this this is your mess, now you guys got to go clean it up. And I can imagine a total, like, Scooby-Doo-style monta- montage of Ned, Peter, and MJ <laughs> going around, like, hunting these villains that's, that, that, that broke into the universe. So, like, I'm, I'm kind of guessing that, or deducing that the villains that we actually saw on screen aren't going to be the only ones that we're going to see and possibly not the only versions of those characters that we're going to see. Because, mm-hmm. like, Loki did a really important job of introducing us to variants, right? I feel like that would be whack. Uh, you know what, man? Because, like, it would be kind of... I, I would want to see the... <sighs> oh, wait, the original characters are dead. I forgot about that. Right. Oh, so we can't see the original characters. So, like, I'm wondering if if we're going to see different variants of these characters and what's, what's going to end up happening is that some of them are going to team up and they're going to realize, like, they're catching all, they're catching the other versions of us one by one, but they're not going to be able to catch us all together if we team up. And, like, mm-hmm. that's how the Sinister Six kind of forms. Hmm. Almost for, like, the, their own survival, in a way. Yeah. And what I think is interesting about that is that that could be a way of introducing, like, bringing back those classic characters and actors while at the same time, by introducing variants of them, we could possibly get new versions of them with younger actors and stuff that are actually going to be able to stick around in the franchise. Hmm. I don't know. It just seems to me like Doctor Strange saying, you know, they're coming from all over the multiverse. Mm -hmm. From all universes. Like, it can't just be one Green Goblin, one Doc Ock, one Sandman, one Electro, one Lizard. Mm-hmm. He's clearly speaking about multiple threats here. More than just those guys yeah. that we're seeing. So I think that there's more there. And that they're going to go on a little adventure, catch a whole bunch of them. But then suddenly the threat gets real when they unite and team up as a Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. Oh, what, do you, what, do you, what about you? Any thoughts? Um, well, I kind of, I feel like if, like, if most of the movie was in that, like, Scooby-Doo style goofy stuff, I mm-hmm. feel like that would be kind of weird. That no, I don't, I don't think, no, no, I don't think the, I don't think that the entire movie has to be that way. If you just dedicate, like, 50 minutes to this part of the adventure 50? until, un, 15, oh. until the real threat rears its head that you haven't sacrificed the entire movie to that whole Scooby-Doo thing. I think that you what you've done is that you, you've you introduced like an element of fun and then stuff gets real serious because we see that Peter Parker by the end, mm-hmm. you see how busted up he is. Mm-hmm. Like also this dude at the has beginning, he's beat busted up, up, man. Huh? Also at the beginning, he looks like being up. At the beginning of the trailer, but that's clearly not chronological. Yeah. That's been after he's gotten his butt kicked, you know? Mm-hmm. Up and down. And I'm guessing that when he gets to that point, that's when the other two Spider-Men are going to come in. Because, I mean, I I know they didn't show them to us, but we already have enough evidence. Yeah, I mean... That they're there. I mean, we know... That Lizard that, ain't kick himself. 
I'm just yeah. gonna say that. that sure, was Shrek didn't about. kick himself. Yeah. And I don't know why they would show that in the Brazilian trailer. Yeah, someone probably got fired for that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that was somebody's last trailer in Hollywood. I, I think someone was like, all right, I know that this is my last job to work on this trailer, and I want to make the fans happy, so I'm just going to put in this this little tease, <laughs> this little tease, and then, I, I mean, I'm going to accept the fact that I'm going to get fired. I, I think more importantly, that guy was probably like a, a really big Electro and Sandman fan. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, man, yeah, they're looking so great, and he completely forgot about the lizard. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, Pablo, why did you do this? <laughs> and right before, right before the laser got kicked in the worldwide trailer, yeah. that's when it cut. So obviously they knew. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure these two guys are gonna show up, and who knows who else, man? I mean, this could very easily crack open the Spider Verse, right? Like a live action Spider Verse. There's also uh, many other scenes where we can see that clearly. Uh, stuff has been edited out. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. next to the scene where Peter's dropping onto the statue. Right. There's, like, two other little motion blurs next to him. Hmm. So, I think that might be um, two Spider-Man. Spider-Ham. Uh-huh. I just hope that Spider-Ham show... All that I want is, like, a Disney Plus show just focused on Spider-Ham and Gator Loki. Get Oh... That's come on, man. What would he look like in live action? Come on, don't fight me on this. I, I and maybe Rocket Raccoon. Come on, do I need to go on? Uh, no, thank you. But here's something that is interesting. Hitman Three came out as the biggest and most popular selled Hitman game of all time. Did you just say selled? Yes, cause um I have amazing vocabulary. Clearly. Um, so it has... So, hold on. The biggest... The, the best-selling Hitman game? Yeah. Okay. Like, How many Agent Hitman 47. games are there? Uh, I don't want to count. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Okay. And, um, it has 50 million worldwide players. That is a lot. Sure. And so, because of the huge success of Hitman 3, they, uh, IO Interactive, mm-hmm. IOI Interactive, whatever the heck that studio is called, is coming out with a Hitman 3 Year 2 update. Now, this is going to include a bunch of new stuff, new stories, new missions, new targets. There's going to be um, VR for PC players. There's hmm. going to be ray tracing, which is like reflections and stuff. I'm for sorry, what? Ray tracing. What that is? What do you mean reflections? What is that? So, um, it means like if there's any water underground or something, like if it rained uh-huh. in a mission, then like very clear reflections of the water. So you're saying that in the game right now there's no water reflections? I mean, there is, but ray tracing makes it incredibly better. Why does that matter? Because piece, <laughs> because people want games to look realistic, like somebody that is sitting in front of Don't turn of me. that against me. Don't turn that against me. And okay, so reflections of the water. Gotcha. Yeah. And like, of, will Hitman be able to just kind of, like, stare at himself longingly on his reflection? Yeah. That's deep, man. I like it. Sozo. <laughs> Sozo, And there's also going to be new game modes. Uh-huh. And, yeah, just, like, an overall kind of new approach. In 2022. Okay. I mean, all right. I'm sure you're... Wait. Yeah, you do have Hitman 3, don't you? Yeah. All right. So, there you go. Now I'm going to... Um, 
going to lose you for like an entire weekend. So that's enough for the news right now. And uh, we're about to move into our review of Ghostbusters Afterlife and our thoughts on where the franchise could and should go. Um, But before that, we're going to go ahead and take a break and uh, we'll be right back. The itsy bitsy spider went up the multiverse. Uh, Excuse me. The itsy bitsy spider went up the multiverse. Okay, fine. Go ahead and tell the people about the freaking t-shirt. All right, we have a brand new design in our Geekology 101 website. Won't let me finish my song, this guy, but he's right. We got a brand new original design that is celebrating the soon-to-come arrival of Spider-Man No Way Home. And it is called the Itsy Bitsy Spider. The idea for the theme was mine, but the idea for the design was this guy's. So while my dad was creating the design, I looked at it and I said, it's fine, but it's too plain. It needs more color, more purples, more blues, more cosmic stuff, more spider webs. And so that led us to the design of a spider crawling up a web that is clearly extending into the cosmos and all of it is contained by this barrier that has different glyphs from Doctor Strange's magic kind of containing and guiding the entire thing. So check it out. Go over to Geekology101.com. Click on Merch, and there you're going to see Itsy Bitsy Spider. It's a fully original design. We're very proud of it. It looks really cool on a shirt. Get it for yourself. Get it for your kid. And wear it to the premiere of Spider-Man no way home. You're gonna look so epic in that movie theater. Everyone is gonna be like, "Yo, where'd you get that design, bro?" And then you're, and then you're gonna be like, "I got it from Geekology 101, the That's coolest right. geeky podcast." So remember, Geekology101.com. Click on merch. Hook yourself up. And we're back. And as you heard during the uh, break, we have a really cool new design, and that is for the itsy bitsy. Spider. Um, we really hope that you guys check that design out. We're pretty proud of it. It's very completely original design, um, but it has a lot of detail and uh, so much like um, cool artistry to it. Like it really is does feel very artistic. Yeah. And of course, it was art directed by my son. So I'm very proud that he art directed me. I was yeah. just a lowly designer in that <laughs> in that design. He was the one calling the shots. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so um, we are ready to get into our review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. And as we typically do, we're going to start off with a non-spoiler review, just giving you our overall thoughts. Then we will sound the spoiler alarm. And once we do that, we will be speaking completely freely. So um, first off, buddy, what did you think of the film? Did you like it? Did you not like it? How did you feel overall? It was epic. Really? Yeah. Epic. That's uh, that's a strong word, man. (laughs) I like the whole. Well, is this is this spoiler free? This is spoiler free. Yeah. Okay. Something I can say without spoiling it Mm -hmm. is I really, really liked um, the kind of. Well, he was dope. (laughs) (laughs) Was he? He was kind of like the new Slimer. Yeah, I guess so. But he just lacked a little bit of charm. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, what were you going to say? I liked the story. Mm-hmm. I liked how 
um, obviously something that is not really spoiling mm-hmm. because every Ghostbusters movie has this. Right. Uh, the big ghost outbreak. Um, it was. I didn't enjoy that as much as I enjoyed the other stuff. Well, I got to be honest. That was kind of like just just the again not giving too many spoilers, but for a Ghostbusters movie, there weren't a whole lot of ghosts. Yeah. We didn't see too many specific ghosts. Maybe maybe I got too used to, you know, dozens and dozens of ghosts because of Ghostbusters 2. Because they literally had, like, ectoplasmic slime or something running underneath New York City. So ghosts were, like, everywhere. Really? Yeah, like, the entire sewer system or something like that had these rivers of, of this, like... Ectoplasm? Not ectoplasm. It was some kind of goo, like, pink, pink goo that, that would cause <laughs> ghost activity to happen. Um, but anyway, yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that I was just like so used to seeing so many ghosts that it was kind of weird to not see that many. But um, so so you but you liked the movie, you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie. Um, you know, just like with any movie, there's some things to nitpick. Uh, but overall, I think the movie was very very enjoyable. Out of a five star rating, what would you give it? I would give it. Let's see. A four? Yeah, I think I would easily give it a four. Yeah. Yeah, I think I give it a four. Four out of five stars. Um, the acting, I think, was really good. It was, it felt fresh. Nothing felt forced. Uh, nothing felt necessarily too corny. Paul Rudd's acting was really good. That guy's awesome. Man. I mean, I mean, how could you go wrong with yeah, Paul Rudd? Yeah, I mean, come on. The He's man just is awesome. funny. National treasure right there. Um, McKenna Grace, who played Phoebe. That girl was awesome, man. Like, I have, I've loved this girl's acting since I saw her for the first time in, um, in the Conjury movies. Because mm-hmm. she's the daughter, she plays the daughter of, um, of the two main characters, the, the paranormal investigators. Mm-hmm. And she's so awesome. Like, in that movie, Annabelle Comes Home, she's basically like the main character. Yeah. And um, and that little girl does such a great job, man. And now she's like 15 years old. And uh, I, I forget what age she's supposed to be in the movie. She's 12. Phoebe? Okay. So she plays a 12-year-old girl. And, bro, she, like, just carries this movie on her shoulders. She is so great, man. Yeah. She That that girl has a really great future ahead of her as I far loved, as acting. I loved, without spoiling, uh-huh. Um, I loved her interaction with a, with a certain ghost. Okay. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also, uh, I think the supporting cast, if anything, I felt like uh, I wanted to see a little bit more from the supporting cast. Mm-hmm. I forget this guy's name from um, Stranger Things. Uh, but dude Mike? with the curly hair. Yeah. I don't know. Mike uh, from Stranger Things. Yeah. Like, he, I felt like he, I, I feel like that actor has a lot more to give than what he gave in that film. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it felt like he he was really kind of like a side character, and I guess Phoebe was supposed to be the most important one. I do not feel like he was a side character. Not a side character. No, that, that's kind of derogatory. More like supporting character. It really felt like he felt like a supporting main character to me. Okay. Do you, but but correct me if I'm wrong. Did you feel like he was equal to Phoebe? No. No. Right. Okay. Okay. And I feel like it could have been though. Like, they could have been in it together as siblings, you know? They were brother and sister. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, if, if, like, someone is a family member of the girl, they're clearly a family member of the guy, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
uh, and we'll get into that more into that in spoilers, I guess. Um, the other supporting characters, I think uh, this kid podcast was awesome. <laughs> that's that's what we were talking about in the opener. Yeah, <laughs> his one subscriber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, man! As soon as like I realized that this kid makes a podcast, how am I not gonna like him? Come on, man! He's one of ours. He's one of our people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was he was awesome, man. He was like the comedic relief, and and he played it so well. Again, not too on the nose, not too annoying, just right. I felt like he was just right. Um, as far as the threat, I think that one I have to kind of leave for spoilers because there's, it's kind of impossible to go over that without giving spoilers. I do feel like the threat mm-hmm. is what made this movie a four out of five and not a, like, and not, and not a five. Yes, I agree with you. I wholly, wholly agree, agree with you. Um, it, it, no, I can't, I can't talk without spoiling. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's, let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree with you. Great observation. I feel like that is the one star that was missing. <laughs> yeah, but that, the threat, I mean, between the story, yeah, the acting, mm-hmm. the comedy, mm-hmm. um, the, I don't know, the coolness, yeah, and the threat. Yeah. The threat is just that that one thing that made it a four out of five and not a five. I, I completely agree, man. Great observation. Um, let's see what else. As far as nostalgia, I can tell you, you know, as somebody who grew up watching the original Ghostbusters movies, like this thing hit me right in the feels. I got teary eyed more than once throughout the movie. Yeah, it was it was epic. Oh man. And also as somebody who like has followed the you know, the careers of these actors uh from the original films, it man, it just um They're, there's... they on the movie honors the guys who brought this thing to life. In a really special way, and I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anything else that you want to say before we dive into spoilers? Um, there is one very specific, important original Ghostbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I can't say it in non-spoilers. Right. But he, but that one Ghostbuster is very crucial to this story. For sure. Like yeah. he's like without him. It wouldn't. They, this movie would not be. And I think they played it very well. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I will say is this. So the movie was um, basically this movie was directed by the the son of the original Ghostbusters director. Really. Yeah. And that is very special. You know, like so it, it was directed by Jason Reitman. Mm-hmm. And the original Ghostbusters was directed by Ivan Greatman or Greatman, mm. and you could tell how paying respect and honoring his father's legacy in this franchise, how important it was to this man, mm-hmm. you know, to Jason Reitman, because um, well, isn't like Ghostbusters is like the biggest thing that his father had done, right? Um. I want to say yes. I mean, it's definitely one of the. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. So, so it was beautiful to me, like to see how much, how much, um, how much love was given to like every little detail from the original movies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like everything from like the, the, the ghost traps to the Ecto-1 vehicle to the proton packs. Like there were these beautiful shots, man. 
I don't know if you if you caught on to this, but there were these beautiful shots focused in on like the details of these things. Mm-hmm. That like in the original films, of course, there's no reason to like you know linger on a shot of the of a trap of a, mm-hmm. of a ghost trap or of the proton pack. But because these things have become such iconic parts of cinema, they I mean they're right up there with like a lightsaber. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's one of the most iconic pieces of hardware in all of cinema. I mean, the proton stream itself. Yeah. Just like the lightsaber, (laughs) it is, it has gotten so much better graphics-wise. For sure. Like, the details on that proton stream. Like, the the little electricity coming off of it. The way that it kind of wraps around the the ghost and all that. Mm -hmm. So, like, it it was just like this, the the camera focusing in on on these objects, the objects that have become so iconic, and, like, the sound of the proton pack turning on. Mm -hmm. You know, that... Come on, man. It's so freaking cool. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I love love that entire thing, man. I'm I'm a big sucker for, like, legacy and and, uh, paying respect to what came before, and to me, it was just a beautiful, beautiful part of this film. So, I think we're ready to get into spoilers so we can talk freely about the story. Needless to say, you, if you haven't watched this movie, don't listen to the rest of this podcast until you have. Watch it. Go and watch the film. Let the film surprise you. Don't look at spoilers online. Just go and watch the movie. Stay through all the way to the end after the credits. Yeah. Like all the way through. Okay. (laughs) And and enjoy the heck out of it, man. Um, If you can, enjoy it in a multi-generational way. Parents take your kids. Kids tell your parents to go with you. Like, you remember that kid who was cosplaying as a Ghostbuster in our yeah, theater? Yeah, in the theater. That cosplay was dope. <laughs> Yo, that thing was legit, man. <laughs> oh, man, this little kid had everything. I mean, the suit, the trap hanging from his side, the, the proton, proton pack. pack. It was so freaking cool, man. Um, and, and it was special because, like, the dad was walking out and all of us started, like, complimenting the, the costume and stuff. And someone behind, he was like, yo, that little man is never going to forget this day when his dad took him to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife wearing the full gear. That is something <laughs> that sticks around forever. And he's right, man. It's awesome memories. So, um, so yeah, go watch it. It is such, such a worthwhile film. Uh, and then after you watch it, come back. And listen to the rest of the podcast so you can see, uh, so you can see what what our thoughts were, fully spoilerific. I do have one more question. Sure. Dirt Farmer had a family. <laughs> this guy. Spoiler <laughs> alert! All right, you have been warned. Spoiler alert for Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we're gonna speak uh, spoiler, um, spoiler filled. Not necessarily in chronological order, so we might bring spoilers from any point of the movie at any point in the discussion. Now, there's one thing that I need to talk about first. Yes, go for it. Egon. Ah, oh my God, I Egon. loved it. I loved it. Yeah, that was. That was. Cool. I. That was like that made me emotional. <laughs> Did I, it? Yeah, I loved how they paid respects to Egon, and I loved how Egon was like the most important character in the entire movie. Yeah, man. And, and it became even more important. Like, you weren't aware that Harold Ramis, the guy who played him, had actually died in real life. I was not. Yeah. And, and I so, learned that when it said, in memory of Harold. Oh, that part, man. Like, right at the end. Just, mm-hmm. uh, or for Harold. I think it said for Harold. Mm-hmm. That was so beautiful, man. And, like, the, I mean, yeah, I guess we might as well talk about, like, all the Egon stuff. Because, yeah, it was such an in, in, in important part of the film. Actually, the way that the movie opens, man, I freaking loved it. 
That like, was unexpected. It was it was kind of like like creepy a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. it was Egon, the character of Egon, aged, and you could barely see his face. Like they barely sh- they barely showed his face at that mm-hmm. point. All we could see was that he had glasses and he was old. Yeah, you could see that his hair was like the classic Egon hair, um, and he was clearly running away from like the 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 mountain mm-hmm. where the majority of ghost activity was happening, and he was running away with uh, a trap with uh, one of the demon dogs. Mm-hmm. And so his plan was to get all the way to his house, which was like run down farmhouse where he had basically built a trap underground, a massive ghost trap. Like the whole entire farm was a trap. Yeah. And uh, and he was basically baiting one of the two demon dogs. Now, the demon dogs, anybody who's watched Ghostbusters 1 will know the demon dogs. These were the the main demon dog. I forget what the title of it is, but the other one is called the Keymaker or Keymaster or something like that. Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper, yeah, yeah, something like that. And when these two demon dogs get together, they manage to release the main bad guy, which is called Go- Gohan? No. <laughs> the the queen Gohan. ghost or something. I yeah, the know. main ghost. And so um, so this was like the plot of the whole, f- you know, first Ghostbusters film. And um, what ends up happening is that when he gets to the farmhouse, he's baited the creature and the creature's coming towards him. But then when he tries to activate the trap, it doesn't work. Um, and that is essentially how he ends up going inside and he ends up getting killed by this ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... And then he left the... Oh my God! People are gonna cancel me for saying this. Um, I forgot what the uh, what the tool is called. Um, but the the thing that uh, the, oh the thing that detects the presence of ghosts. Yeah, the when yeah. the wings mm-hmm. open when a ghost is Little close. Antenna. Yeah. He left that under the thing, and right off the bat, when Phoebe, one of the main characters, mm-hmm. uh, gets into the house, she immediately finds it. Yeah, which was kind of unexpected. Yeah, I thought that she would find it later in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so continuing with Egon, like, then we see that um, the movie is, like, just continuing to keep him as a character. And I thought that, like, okay, so for, like, one of the main Ghostbuster characters to come back as a ghost, that's a thing of beauty, man. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Like, yeah. come on. And it looked so much like him, too. Yeah, yeah, it really did, man. They did such a beautiful job with the CGI. Like, it was really, really impressive. It looked Uh, looked so good. It was so cool when he was, like, helping Phoebe uh, cross the streams with the other Ghostbusters at the end. And then the the Ghostbusters, they just realized that he was there. Right. And they just, like, looked at him. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. Uh, You know what that moment gave me, gave me, um, gave me, uh, maybe we think of? What? Um, the father-son Kamehameha. Oh, yeah. Between Goku and Gohan. There's this point in the Cell saga where the last person that can actually defeat Cell Isn't is Isn't Goku Gohan. dead at that point? Yeah, Goku had died trying to get rid of Cell, but then mm-hmm. Cell regenerated at the cellular level, duh. And he <laughs> came back and reformed, and then it was up to Gohan to defeat him. And he was... He all he was almost he almost had enough power, but he wasn't quite there. And so there was a moment where he did this massive, massive kamehameha. And then Goku. And then in comes Goku, like in ghost form, like just a, like a this. Force ghost. Yeah, I swear to God, like it really seemed like whoever whoever came up with the idea for this scene must have watched Dragon Ball. Yeah, because it was basically the same thing. It really was. And so when I saw that, that like the hand started coming underneath her hand mm-hmm. to hold the proton pack up with her, I was like, they are not 
doing the good, the father son Kamehameha, and, sure and then enough, they freaking did the father yep, son fa- Kamehameha, the grandfather granddaughter Kamehameha. Mm-hmm. So special, man. That was so freaking cool. Um, so, in a nutshell, the plot of the film is that. Egon has kind of like isolated himself from everybody in his life, including the other three Ghostbusters. And they because hate him. he discovered that there's this possibility that the original bad guy from the first Ghostbuster films can come back to life. And there's this temple that is inside of this mountain, um, in this like middle of nowhere place in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so he has dedicated his life basically. And that's the reason why he bought this 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 farm broken down farmhouse in the middle of that place. The dirt farm. Yeah. He's dedicated his life to containing that from occurring. And so there's like this big well where there's a ton of spirits that are trying to like come out of it. Mm-hmm. And he's created this system of four proton packs that basically are constantly crossing the stream. And there's earthquakes, which is like one of the main things in the movie. Yeah, like They're every like, time that the proton pack shoots down into that well. There's a giant earthquake. There's an earthquake. And so no one knows in the town like what the heck is causing these daily earthquakes. That's what it is. These uh, cross streams of two of four proton packs just keeping these ghosts um, suppressed down beneath. Um, but sure enough, what ends up happening is that when he dies, um, the land, his property is inherited by his daughter, whom has like seen very little of her father throughout mm-hmm. her entire life. So she's very resented against them. She has two kids. They're down on their luck. Uh, they're broke. They're getting evicted. They have no choice but to go and live in this broken down farmhouse that grandfather left them. And um, so while they're there, it's Phoebe the main character of the movie who really is like the one that starts discovering um, the mystery of why it is that Egon went there to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, and she so, actually finds Egon's ghost. Yeah. It's <laughs> so cool. And, and he starts she, manifesting himself. By the way, Phoebe's like super smart. Mm-hmm. She's his grandfather's granddaughter, you know? I mean, if anything, she is the most of Egon to come out of his bloodline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's I've... like Egon just younger. <laughs> yeah, including the curls. Yeah. <laughs> she she's so perfect for the role, man. And she looks I, so great in it. I loved how she found his glasses and then put them on. Yeah. So cool. And then um he he manifests himself to her first by like moving a chess piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was so cool that you and I started playing chess recently and then we walk we go over there and watch this movie and it's like yeah, you know, there's chess mm-hmm. happening between and, and, and then they just start playing chess, and she's like, "Oh, a, a ghost is playing chess with me, awesome!" <laughs> yeah. And then when she takes out one of his knights, Egon gets mad, and then like <laughs> he eats one of the her knights or, or <laughs> yeah. his, her pawns or something. Yeah, that was so cool. So like, he, clearly he's appealing to her, um, to her intelligence, right? Because mm-hmm. he knows that she likes to play chess, and then he appeals then to her curiosity, and basically ends up taking her down to like his lab. And down there, he shows her that um, he was in the middle of, I guess, fixing a proton pack. Mm-hmm. And so she ends up fixing it with, like, him as a ghost, not even visible yet. Yeah. But just, like, as a ghost controlling a light and giving her little cues, he's kind of, like, guiding her to to fix it. Yeah. Um, really, she- really funny scene when she's like, how did you manage to put this thing this com- compressed to this size? And then, like, the light, he moves the light over to, like, all his degrees on the wall. <laughs> and and then she's like, you're a genius, grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, long story short, what ends up happening is that her and her brother end up, like, discovering all the gear. The traps, the proton packs, uh, the Ecto-1, her brother gets it running 
also with a little bit of help from from Ghost Egon, mm-hmm. and um, then uh, she meets uh, Phoebe meets podcast with this young kid who is part of the town and he has a podcast Mm -hmm. and um, so he records everything of course and he's hilarious and he knows a lot of trivia type of information about the town because you know he's a podcaster he's a nerd and um, they kind of end up going on this little adventure trying to capture a ghost that got loose thanks to Paul Rudd Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so uh, it was uh, wasn't it one of the dogs Yes, it was. Yeah, it was the dog that Egon had trapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so that gets loose, and then they go around trying to like capture it. But no, I think more than that got loose though, because remember that's how um, Muncher got loose. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Muncher is like this chubby ghost. He's blue, not green like Slimer, and he has like I think like six legs. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, six legs or arms. Yeah. Uh, he eats metal. That's like his his thing. Yeah. He just eats metal. Whereas Slimer just pretty much eats food all the time. He eats metal. Does he? Yeah. That's Slimer's <laughs> thing. He's always hungry. Um, and then what else happens? I mean, like, what ends up happening is that they, they discover this whole plot, right? They discover the fact that, oh, my God, the thing that the Ghostbusters saved many decades ago back in New York what they kept from happening is at risk of happening again. Mm-hmm. So basically what ends up playing out is a very similar plot. Um, Egon's daughter, uh, Phoebe's mom, she ends up getting possessed by one of the dogs. Um, Paul Rudd's character ends up getting possessed by the other dog and he becomes the gatekeeper or whatever it's called. And then these two... They look weird. They do, yeah. They, like, have glowing eyes. (laughs) And then... uh, But that's just how how Sigourney Weaver and uh, what's-his-name looked in the original movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. And the the dress, remember the dress that the woman started wearing? Same exact dress that Sigourney Weaver wore when she became... Yeah, when she got possessed. (laughs) Same exact thing, yeah. And then Paul Rudd's character just has, like, torn-up clothing. Yeah. (laughs) Again, just like uh, what's-his-name in Ghostbusters 1. Mm -hmm. His clothes were all torn as well. (laughs) So um, so then what ends up happening is that they actually bring back this goddess, the Egyptian goddess or whatever the hell she is, and um, she starts to do what? I don't know. Here's where the weak part of the film comes in. She, like, cuts some Nazi in half or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy who was, like, trying to... The guy who created the town, who was trying to revive her. Yeah. He figured that he was... He, she was going to want him on his side for, what, for bringing her back to and life. And then she immediately not. offs him. Yeah. She destroys them. Um, and yeah, to me, this is, you know, back to your point earlier in the spoiler-free section, this is where the weakness of the movie is. Yeah, this is what made it a four out of five. Yeah, so basically, we have a very, very similar scenario to what Star Wars Force Awakens did. Star Wars Force Awakens was basically meant to pass on the torch to a new generation of heroes mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe heroes that were more relevant to a younger audience, etc. And so they thought they figured the best way to do this is by retelling the story that worked in the original film for a new generation. That's exactly yeah. pretty much what they did. Like the Empire was already gone. No, no, this is the first order. It's, and it's, the stormtroopers look different now, but they're still stormtroopers. The stormtrooper look, it's a new it's a new empire. Basically, all we have to do to convince people that it isn't literally the same exact movie mm-hmm. is, you know, 
change the name of the Empire and change the design of the Stormtroopers a little bit. Clearly. And, uh, but the threat was still the same. There was still, you know, in the original film, it was the Death Star. In the new film, Force Awakens, it was the, what was it called? Uh, Star Killer, right? Yeah. And, Star uh, Killer Base. The difference is that this one was powered by a sun and it could destroy multiple planets at once, whereas yeah, the like, Death Star could only destroy one planet like at a time. It like sucks energy from the sun and then yeah. beams something. So essentially, you're regurgitating the same story from the first movie. Also, that you have a winning formula for the story, and you're reintro- you're introducing new characters, and you're showing the old characters passing on the torch to those new characters, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we ended up seeing. Right in the last scene, there's a moment when the the new little ghost Ghostbuster squad, which is composed of Phoebe, her brother, podcast, and the chick that her brother wanted to get with. Uh, they're pretty much the, the new Ghostbusters. I mean, they wear, they grab on the Ghost, they grab the Ghostbusters gear and they put it on and stuff. Mm-hmm. They wear proton packs, the whole deal. It's pretty clear that um, I feel like um, Phoebe is going to be the smart Egon character. Oh, no doubt, yeah. Podcast? Uh, is he going to be. <laughs> I think Podcast is probably going to be the um, uh, Ray. I feel like wait, he would wait, be wait. the funny one. Which one? The uh, Bill Murray one? Yeah. No, man. Really? No. Who would be Bill, He's who would too be the nerdy. Bill Murray? He's too nerdy to be that guy. Who would the, be the Bill Murray then? I think the Bill Murray's probably going to be her brother. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't I don't see podcast being that character. He's too nerdy and that's what Ray is. Ray is is like the nerdy one of the bunch. Uh, I mean Egon. Egon no, is. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, but, Ray but, but is Ray, kind of the leader, right? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he is. I guess he is. He is kind of like the one that brings them together. I don't know, man. I Yeah, I don't see podcasts being the Bill Murray character. <laughs> I guess he would be. Yeah, fine. I guess it would be Ray. But, but we'll wait and I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, but anyway, yeah, like. When when they can't defeat the threat, um, suddenly in comes the three surviving original Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and um, Winston Ray and what's his name? They cross the streams. <laughs> Clearly, they cross the streams, and they show up to save the day. And man, I swear to God, bro, when that part came around, ah, oh, that's that's definitely one of the parts when tears rolled. <laughs> Probably for a lot of people. Heck yeah, man. So Venkman, Winston, and Ray, um, they come in and they save the day um, and they cross the streams to try to take out the the, the goddess, ghost, chick, whatever. Um, and then, um, you know, battle ensues, whatever. And then eventually uh, Egon shows up, now finally fully visible. Mm-hmm. And that's such a cool part, man. And then he goes and he stands next to his original teammates and when that happens, you see the original teammates slowly realize that he's standing there in ghost form. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking to him. And again, this is where, if, like, if you've known what the, what's happened, like, off screen and stuff, the fact that um, Bill Murray and uh, Harold Ramis, the actor of Egon, they had a beef for many, many years. They weren't on speaking terms. Why was that? I forget, man. I forget. Um, but, uh, but they... they they uh, they squashed the beef right before Harold Ramis um, passed away. 
and uh, and they were able to be in peace, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so it was so heartbreaking, so sad. Like I think Bill Murray, um, uh, Peter Venkman's character, Peter Venkman tells him like, "I miss you, buddy." And I think uh, and I think Ray was the one that said like, "I figured you'd show up." Something mm-hmm. like that. Again, there goes the nerd, right? Figuring that, you know, he would <laughs> find a way to show up as a force ghost. It's just beautiful, man. Like, that that part was so, so sweet. And, um, and yeah, then basically old generation and new generation team up and they take out, take down the threat. They finally figure out a way to activate the massive trap underneath the farmhouse ground. And, um, and the, the ghost is, uh, trapped for good. You know, supposedly, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that one's for good. But uh, in the after credit scene, we find out that the ghosts, plural, that are trapped in New York City might not be so much for good. <laughs> so that oh should God. be interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so it's just it's a beautiful I thought that I, I appreciate so much the way that they tried to pay respect to the original film. But that is the one flaw that I that I that I clearly identify in the film, and it's that it didn't really have its own antagonistic story to mm-hmm. tell. You know, it it was quite literally a rehashing. Like it wasn't even a similar character. No, it was the same exact character with the same exact demon dogs <laughs> and the same exact like formula to coming to life. Um, that was that we saw in the first Ghostbusters film. So, um, so that is, I think, like we mentioned before, that is the thing that takes away the one star. Um, but aside from that, man, a what a beautiful, movie. what a beautiful movie, man. It, I think it's one of the films that I've enjoyed the most in the last few years. It's such a special film. Um, so yeah, I uh, any any other thoughts, buddy? What else happened besides the after credit scenes, which I think we should talk about in a minute? Oh. What else happened? Um, I don't get who. I mean, I don't get who was it. Egon who painted all that stuff. Painted what? On on near the near near the house. Uh, like dirt. No, no, no. I think those were the townspeople. Why would someone clearly, have painted dirt on a house? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I. <laughs> I, if anyone would have done it, I feel like it was Egon trying to tell people that it that there's like a trap under the dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I think it was just like people being mean, you know, because uh, clearly we got to see like as as um, as Phoebe's mom and her and her brother like interacted with the townspeople. Everybody kept on asking what you asked just a mm-hmm. minute ago. Dirt farmer had a family. <laughs> yeah, because he, he was he was seen kind of like as a recluse. The guy didn't really have like any social life or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was just uh, I think people being mean, being yeah. bullies. Um, Ecto one gunner seat has a gunner seat. <laughs> I'm I'm saying I'm asking so many quotes. It has a gunner seat. <laughs> that was really cool. Um, the gunner seat, uh, as far as I know, was introduced in a toy. Really? I yeah, I'm pretty sure. Either the toy or the cartoon. I can't remember. It's one of those two. I but because the it, original Ecto One didn't, didn't have a gunner seat like in the, the in the original movies. So, is it the same car? Yeah. Then why I would guess it be? I, I think we're led to believe that it had the gunner seat all along, but they never showed it. Right. Or or Egon modified it. Yes. That could very much be a thing. 
maybe Egon and Winston ended up uh, modifying the car at some point, you know, in between, like, in the history that we don't know about, right? Because mm-hmm. clearly the Ghostbusters stayed in business after Ghostbusters 2, but um, they explained during the movie that business just started going down, down, because down, down, down. Because ghost rates weren't high enough. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, ghosts were just not around as often, so... Um, so they, they started running out of business and did they say that they, they, they turned it into a Starbucks? Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> Everything becomes a Starbucks. <laughs> um, so yeah, but that was really cool. Like the, again, the love given to the Ecto-1 and the proton packs and the traps. I love the trap with the wheels, the, uh, remote control trap. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was really, really cool, man. It almost became like a little character in itself. It was so, mm-hmm. so fun during that whole chase It got scene. deployed so many times on yeah. the little ramp. <laughs> yeah. That was really cool. Um, yeah, aside from that, so after credit scenes, right? Um, we saw that Ray. Hold on, which was the first one? Was it the one where Ray took the Ecto One back to the garage, back to the place? That was that was not Ray. I mean, not Ray Winston. Winston. Yeah. Right. That's that's what, that's what it was. The first one. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. It doesn't really matter in what. In yeah, what I guess not. Yeah. Um, but like that happens, and I forget—is it Ray or him who ends up discovering that the? So there was a place in the headquarters of Ghostbusters in New York City, where it was like basically like a bank, like a a vault, mm-hmm. where once they trapped the ghost inside the little trap, they would connect that little trap, and that would feed the ghost into this giant vault. Mm-hmm. So presumably, it's a vault replete with ghosts yeah like and every single ghost that they've ever yeah caught is in that vault right and so what ends up happening in one of the after credit scenes is that you're shown that <laughs> this thing is like i guess about to burst i mean this has that ever happened before that it bursts mm-hmm. no then it's new i don't think so it's a new plot then yes but it's the old ghosts yeah, I, I guess but you could that's... say that they could show us ghosts that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. But Slimer, Slimer will be back. Yeah, mind you, where was Slimer last that we saw him? That I can't remember. I thought Slimer was just loose. I thought he was kind of like their their homeboy after all the events of the movies. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Because Slimer didn't. Slimer kind of proved that he wasn't evil. They just kept him as like a pet. That's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> definitely in the cartoon show. In the real Ghostbusters, like, Slimer was straight up just part of the team. He was hanging out with them. <laughs> um, my worry about the future is that we're just going to keep seeing rehashing of old, of old villains and storylines. I really hope that's not the case. Mind you, we only had two major villains. One was this demon chick, mm-hmm. this uh, Egyptian goddess or whatever. And the other one was Vigo, the villain from the second movie, the guy from the painting. And the so, guy from the painting? Yeah. Oh, the guy who made the town? No. No, the guy from the second Ghostbusters movie. The He was a villain in this movie? No, no, no. He was a villain in the second movie. What I'm trying to say is that we technically have only been introduced to two major villains, oh. is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Right? In the two original films. And even with this third film, we still don't have a third major villain because it was a rehab it was a use of, of the same villain from the first one. So we haven't seen major villains. We've seen a lot of different ghosts, though. Like the librarian lady from the first movie, she's pretty iconic, um, and like a few scattered ghosts from like quick scenes from the second movie because that one had a lot of ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So hopefully what this means is that we're going to get to see a ton of ghosts that we haven't seen before. You know, if the if the vault does burst, mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, that would be a lot of ghosts. It would be a lot of ghosts, yeah. So there, there is would... plenty of material to pick from there uh, as far as like getting a, a good original big antagonist again. Mm-hmm. But what I think, what I would love to see is less of a like a big global threat or something like that and more of like a contained scenario that's just like creepy with ghosts. Like I would love to see like a haunted house or a haunted asylum or something like that or some kind of big building and systems of tunnels or whatever like where it's like contained darkness, shadows, you know, creepiness and the ghostbusters have to like you know, relief this place of or free this place of ghosts. I feel like it would be cooler. Yeah, I feel like it would be cooler if if it th- if it was that kind of like thriller mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i feel like that would be pretty cool yeah man i, I like they, i for God's sake it's ghosts you know yeah there's there's potential i'm not saying turn it into like a straight up conjuring style horror movie but <laughs> but bring in a little bit of that horror element because um you can man nowadays with like streaming services wanting you know franchises and shows like you can make a really good six part you know show or something like that on a on a streaming service uh using all these characters and telling like really cool stories that that lean more towards the creepy side mm-hmm. um but yeah how do you feel how do you feel about the future of it what do you think of this new ghostbusters team should they like switch around some people should they bring some new people in i think that they should take out that girl that uh-huh. trevor likes <laughs> right she's just like plain she kind of was right she doesn't really, I mean... She I didn't add anything to the movie at all. Yeah, they should just replace her with a different character. <laughs> I kind of agree. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, also, there's probably a possibility that we're going to end up heading back to New York in the next film. Because that's next where film. the bank vault thing is, right? Right, yeah. So if it bursts there, that means that the threat is is alive in New York once again. And so I'm guessing they'll end up in New York. But of course, there's there's a... There's something big that needs to happen before that point, which is like the Ghostbusters coming back officially as a business. Mm-hmm. And right? then that could make their family not broke. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> right. That could be a way of getting out of that. The mom could be like their administrator or something like that, you know, like the boss of the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Winston, this is really interesting. So Ray ended up like going back. What was it that he was doing? Like fixing electronics or something? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know what it is that he was doing or an antique shop or something. I don't know what it was, but he kept like the original number, but clearly he was running some kind of different business at that point. Mm -hmm. And it was just by himself. It had nothing to do with ghosts. Mm -hmm. Um, It isn't clear what Peter did. Yeah, I don't think we ever found that out. Yeah. He may have continued down the celebrity path. One One of the two, one of the after credit scenes was Sigourney Weaver actually coming back as her character from the two from the original films. And she was um doing a test. So there was the in Ghostbusters One, there's a like the way that Peter Venkman becomes known mm-hmm. is because he claims to be like not a medium, but I guess a clairvoyant. What the heck does that mean? Like somebody who can can you know communicate with spirits or like who knows things in some sort of mystical way. So, like, there was this whole test that they did. I think it was in the first film where they would, like, put cards and he would guess what was on the back of them. Mm -hmm. And so, again, he said that he had, like, these powers. 
And so that was the whole reason for that scene with Sigourney Weaver's character. Like, she was testing him. And if he got it wrong, she would shock him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Um, but I would love to see Sigourney Weaver come back as that character. I think that'd be really cool. Um, but anyway, Winston, though, this dude made it big. Like, he became rich. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly. He's did like they, did a they full say, on businessman. Did they say what it was, the business? I don't think so, right? I don't yeah, I don't think so. But clearly he made it big, and if there's any way for Ghostbusters to come back, it's with his funding, right? Like, this guy mm -hmm. could turn it into, like, an official company once again and, like, fund all of it. Um, so that's really interesting to see if that's the direction that this goes in, where Winston kind of brings brings it all back. Yeah, I know, I know what the title for the next Ghostbusters movie could be, and no, I'm not going to be a typical guy and say that it's going to be Ghostbusters Resurrection. Dear God. Uh, it, it's going to be called... Hear me out. T totally different than Ghostbusters Resurrection. Ghostbusters Rebirth. Really, man? It's like, because after the afterlife, <sighs> then you get rebirth into a new body, like an animal. Oh, boy. Or something. So, like, it makes more sense. Well, maybe. Yeah. And you're going to go, like, like, with a, keeping it with a theme, like, like Spider-Man movies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, maybe. death theme? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, who knows? Perhaps. Um, then the other thing is that uh, you you saw that scene. They flash back to this moment where I forget what her name is, but the 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 woman who was like the the secretary or whatever to the Ghostbusters, the one who answered the phone and stuff. Mm -hmm. Her character gave Egon this coin, and she said that it was like an ancient artifact or whatever. And then, you know, he was like, what if I lose it? And she was like, don't worry, I have another one at home. Now, it's that was kind of like a throwaway thing back back in whenever that was filmed. But apparently they're trying to give it more meaning, clearly, through that after credit scene. Mm -hmm. And she's shown in the present, right before she meets with Winston, she's shown in the present holding that, that second coin. Mm -hmm. So there might be something there. Like, that might be part of the plot of the next movie or something like that. How would that be part of the plot? I don't know. Clear, those coins must be important, bro. You don't just show a coin and focus on a coin in an after credit scene and not have a purpose for it. Unless you're... Um... Unless you're a guy in a movie, like the a cool assassin guy, who flips coins to decide whether or not if you're going to assassinate someone. Did we watch the same movie, son? Jesus. <laughs> this guy. Uh, but yeah, so um, I really, I hope that they take it slightly in a darker direction. I would love to see a little bit of creepiness to the next film or to some kind of spinoff from this film. Um, I love Phoebe's character. I love podcast. I think uh, Phoebe's brother could... I don't even remember his name. That's Trevor. You know, Trevor, that's what it yeah. is? Yeah. Uh, I think Trevor has potential because that he's a good actor, but I feel like he needs to show more of his personality like and Phoebe take a little would bit more the, spotlight. I feel like Phoebe is going to be the new leader. Could be. Because yeah. she is the one who brought them together. It could be. Or it could just be where, like, you know, each of them, kind of like the original Ghostbusters, they kind of understand what they bring to the table and they understand that not one of them can do it without the other, you mm -hmm. know? That's that that may be where where it ends up going, uh. But yeah, that all of that I see so much potential with those um, with those characters. Uh, can't wait to see them again, and um, yeah, this makes me excited for Ghostbusters. And I can't remember the last time that I felt that. Really? Yeah, like I I haven't been excited for anything related to like when the when the other movie came out, the reboot or whatever. Mm -hmm. I didn't even go watch that movie. It had I had like zero interest. The the 
um, the trailers didn't interest me at all. It just seemed uh, like it was lacking something. It didn't seem like it was... It just didn't seem like it was continuing the legacy. It's called me. Ghostbusters Make the Call, apparently. And, yeah. Uh... Yeah, I just it didn't interest me at all. But this one, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is different, man. Mm-hmm. This, this feels, feels like actually main continuity. Yeah, yeah. But it felt fresh as well. It felt like something new, you know? It mm-hmm. wasn't just like, you know, comedy slapped on, uh, you know, you know, with, with Ghostbusters slapped on it. It felt like something fresh. Uh, so yeah, man, I really loved it. Any final thoughts, buddy, before we, uh, close off? Come on, man, you have to decide. Who are you gonna call? Goat busters. Do you have, like, a goat infestation problem? Clearly, they're eating all my garbage. Uh, But don't worry, I ain't scared of no goat. Oh, God. And that concludes today's episode of Geekology 101. Thank you all so much for joining us. Remember, if you want to support the show, you can go over to geekology101.com, click on merch, and there you're going to find our three current designs. We've still got the I Kang Even design. We've got the Eternal design. And we've got the Itsy Bitsy Spider design to celebrate the coming premiere of... Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So um, please support the show. Get yourself some cool swag. We will love you 3,000 forever and ever and ever. And remember, if you want to contact us and join the conversation, there's a contact form at the bottom of our website. Or if you prefer more traditional means, you can hit us up at g101podcast at gmail.com. I will see you all in the afterlife. Dirt Farmer indeed did have a family. Game over. Imagine noise.